Investor Creator teaches both seasoned and new investors how to buy the right houses at the right price anytime you want. This podcast is about answering one question. How can you build a sustainable six or seven figure investing business that changes your life without sacrificing your freedom? If you want to know the answer, you're in the right place. All of this information is 100% free, so please subscribe to and review our podcast. Hey guys, welcome to Investor Creator. I'm Brad Smotherman, and I'm super happy that you're with us today. Guys, today I'm having a bit of a leisurely day. I'm actually at my lake house that I bought about a year ago. I got seller financing on this, and I was going to flip it. I ended up falling in love with the place, and I thought, well, gosh, this will be a fantastic place for my family to spend some time at. And frankly, my family really hasn't been here much, so this has been kind of my private refuge. I have to give my wife an out. My wife was in a a boating, uh, well, not really a boating accident. She, She was in a boat that sank in a lake whenever she's a little girl, so it's not really the most comforting experience. And because of that, she's a little bit uh, afraid of my little girl having the same experience. So we have not spent a whole lot of time here as a family, but it's a great little place and I'm super happy and blessed to have it. Guys, today we're going to talk about the four biggest negotiating mistakes that investors make. And I cannot believe that some people make these mistakes, but there are a lot of supposedly high level investors that are making these mistakes. And so I'm going to try to right some wrongs out there and stomp out some ignorance. And that's across hundreds and hundreds of transactions that we've done. We've learned these things. So you're going to want to stick around for that. But first, I want to go over the deal of the day. So the deal of the day, these are deals that we have done or are doing right now. And I just want to take a snapshot of one deal and and kind of analyze it, talk about how it went. So we have a property that we bought Saturday. So we put it under contract Saturday. And the situation was kind of interesting. This lady, I'm pretty sure, is uh, moving to a uh, an out-of-state area and joining a, um, a super right-wing religious group. So I don't know the specifics, but she's talking about going with this group. It sounds kind of hokey to me, but that's not my business. You know, we're there to buy a house. So we bought this house for... subject to $72,000. So for those of you who do not understand what subject to means, that just means that there's a lien on the property, in this case, a mortgage for $72,000. And so we're taking that title subject to that loan. We're not paying it off. We're continuing to make the payments on it. And we're giving this seller $20,000 cash. So we bought this property for $92,000. And so I knew it was a good deal. And we're looking at the numbers and we thought, well, gosh, you know, with about 10 to 15 grand in work, we can sell this retail out for 170. But once I realized where the area was and how strong of a rental market it was, we have some guys that we have worked with a couple of times and they really like good rentals. So we called them up and said, hey, you know, we'll sell this to you for 145. And they said, well, you know, we'll be there in 10 minutes. They they called us back and said, hey, we'll we'll pay 140 and close it Friday. So today's Thursday. Tomorrow, I get a check for $48,000 on a house that I personally haven't seen. My acquisition guy, Tony, went and looked at it. So I haven't seen this house. I'm making forty-eight grand. i am pretty happy with that. Uh, it's about the same amount as I would make if we went and did all this work and rehabbed it and all this, but they're getting a good deal because it's rentable the way it is. So they're winning. I'm winning. Seller's winning. Everybody's good. So those are the kinds of deals that we like to do. 
Guys, let's talk about negotiation. I started this idea because I listened to a podcast of a quote-unquote negotiating expert, and he was on a real estate podcast. And I love real estate podcasts. I think that they're super valuable for people starting. You get some good information most of the time. But this time, I'm not so sure that the information was that good. I was pretty surprised at the things that he said, and I thought, this goes along with the big four cardinal sins that I see all the time, especially newer investors are doing. But a lot of times, these are, are pretty seasoned investors are going in, they're making these big mistakes, and guys, there's a better way to do it. So let's talk about this, and I'm going to go in order of like least of a problem to most of a problem. So like least sinful to most sinful. All right, so here we go. Number four, not doing enough pre-work. So what do you mean by that, Brad? What is pre-work? Well, guys, from the time that we get the phone call and we do our negotiating script on the phone to decide whether we want to set this appointment or not, we have a five-question script that whittles down the motivation and gets us to understand what we can buy this property for as a range, and we're going to decide whether we set this appointment. So we have time between the appointment and when we set the appointment and when the appointment is. So what do we do there? Guys, we have to understand a whole lot of things before we go to the property. So number one thing I'm going to do, I'm going to look at Google Maps and look at the area, look how close the Starbucks is, look how close the Walmart is, if I'm in any kind of a metro area. And then I'm going to look at the street view. If there is one, what does the house look like? What do the surroundings look like? How long ago was a street view done? And so then after I do that, I'm going to begin to pull comps. So pulling comparable sales in the area, you know, so if mine's a three bedroom, two bath, I want to look at other three bedroom, two baths in the area, the similar square footage, similar lot, all these things, similar build, similar year built to see what my exit is probably going to be. So I'm going to also do a few sets of comps. I'm going to look at comps that are repaired and then some comps that are a little bit more closely related to what my property probably is, you know, based on the amount of repair that the seller told me when we were on the phone. Most of the people that I talk to, they set an appointment and they just kind of go. And it's amazing to me the amount of, of loss that is created with that. So number one, at some point, the seller is going to realize that either we know more than they do or they know more than us. Now, frankly, there's always that person that thinks he knows more than everyone. It doesn't matter who that person is. So, But we have to, with a majority, vast majority of our sellers, get them to understand in a really nice, happy way that, hey, I'm a real estate professional. I do this professionally for a living. I buy lots of houses. This is not my first time doing this, and I can walk this through. Frankly, I know more than you do, okay? And we can't do that without effective pre-work. If the seller thinks that they know more than us, then they're going to begin to control the situation. Okay. It's a normal thing. If you're going down the road in a car and you realize that the driver, you're in the passenger seat, but you realize that the driver doesn't have very effective control of, over the car, it's going to make you a little nervous and you might even grab the wheel. We don't want our sellers grabbing the wheel. We control the situation. We know more than they do. Let's move them forward through the process. Which kind of brings me to n number three, not having a plan to get to the contract. Guys, I can't believe that so many people, and I'm kind of talking about myself in my younger years at this point, because when I started, I didn't have any kind of effective 
framework or techniques or thought processes to get people to the contract. You know, I would knock on the front door and I'll just kind of wing it. Guys, we can't wing it. We have to have a plan. Most of us are not good enough, including myself, to just, you know, try to figure things out before we get to the the house, you know? So it's unbelievable. We have to completely have a framework to go from front door to contract every single time. So what does that look like? Well, guys, you're going to have to create your own. But for me, it's a set of questions that we ask in order. It's a set of stories that we can create to relate. Guys, you can tell anyone anything if you're talking about someone else. So creating a a set of circumstances, what we want to do is take their emotional level to the place that we want it to go to. So if we want to make them feel good, we have to have questions for that. If we want them to, to create doubt in their own processes, then we have to have processes for that. There is an entire web of framework that we have to create to get people to the contract. Now, guys, can you go in and buy a house every once in a while without this kind of framework? Sure, you can. But you're going to lose out probably on more than you get. And that's a problem. You know, we're here to buy houses. We're spending real money in marketing. So we want to have a system that gets as many houses as we can possibly get. So our cost per contract in marketing is low. I will say that our cost per contract is about 25% of some of my main competitors nationally in the market. So that's something that we're super proud of. Guys, we have to have a plan to get to the contract. Create that framework for yourself, guys. Number two, spending too long on a rapport. And that may kind of surprise some of you. I'm super pro rapport. I like to talk to people. I like to, you know, for people to like me. I like to like other people. But there comes a point of diminished returns. So let's talk about uh, a guy that I knew some years ago. This guy was a starting investor, and he had everything that would make it seem like he would be successful in this business. He was young. He had money. He was good looking. He had everything that he needed. But whenever he went to a, an appointment, he would spend two hours with these people. People loved him. He really was had a, a great rapport with these people, but he never bought a house, like ever. And he went to dozens and dozens and dozens of appointments. Guys, if we are spending two hours talking about football and their family, then we don't look like we're super socially valuable and it becomes needy. So if you think about whenever you were dating or if you're dating now, I'm sure we've almost all had this experience where you have someone that you're in kind of a talking or dating relationship and they're super needy. So maybe they are perfect in every way. They're beautiful. They're handsome. They're funny. They're uplifting. They're super positive, but they are super needy. What does that do to your attraction? How do you feel about that? Well, over time it becomes repulsive. So if you have a girl or guy that texts you 30 times a day and calls you 10 times a day and gets upset if you don't pick up the phone every time and they're just super pressing, then it becomes repulsive and you don't want that. Guys, if we go into appointments with sellers and we spend two hours talking about their dog, then it's pretty obvious to them that we're not professional, that we don't have anything better to do, and it's not really genuine either. So in a vast, vast, vast majority of our transactions, we are in and out in 30 to 45 minutes. 
I'm pro rapport, but we can't spend too long on rapport, guys. We have to get to the contract. So that brings me to number one. This is the biggest sin that I see in real estate negotiations. And guys, this is a big one. I cannot believe that people do this, giving the price first. If I go to Walmart or I go to Target and I'm there to buy something, they have something to sell. They price it. I'm not going in there bidding on an auction of items. Anybody can be stupid enough to quote unquote win an auction. It doesn't take a very successful person to overpay. Guys, they have to give us the first price. They called us with a problem. They have a house. They have to give us the first price. To the point, if they call us and they will not give the first price, we don't go to the appointment under any circumstance. We will not set that appointment because they're not serious. If they're serious, they know what they want and they will price it to us. Okay. I had a phone call, I guess about, about three or four weeks ago where the seller calls in and she says, I have a house that I want to sell. I want an offer. And so I start going through the script and she starts telling me the story of uh, how somebody just left her house. I said, interesting. Somebody just left your house. Tell me about that. She said, well, this man came in and uh, he he pulls up. He was super nice. And we talked for a little while and he, he walked around. He wrote up this big list of repairs. And, and I guess I agreed with that. But then he said, I can give you $110,000. She said, I told that man, get the hell out of my house. And I chased him out. And I want you to come over here and make me an offer. Now, guys, I might not be the smartest guy. I'm definitely not the dumbest. And I'm certainly not dumb enough to go and make an offer to her after she just told me that she ran the last guy out. And I suspect that you probably wouldn't want to do that either. I know that some of you guys are high-level investors that are listening to this. And some of you guys are just starting out. And that's totally fine. We've all been there. I cannot imagine being a new investor, going into a house, making an offer, and literally getting chased out the front door and what that emotionally would do. I mean, that's almost scarring. So you have a situation where the next time that you go to a house, you're thinking about what happened last time and how's that going to affect you? Guys, we can't put ourselves into that situation and we certainly can't teach other people to do that because it's not for everybody. Now, are there thick-skinned people that can deal with that and it run off their back? There totally is. I'm probably not the guy. I think I would have a little bit of anxiety next time I went to a house if I just got chased out of the last one. We cannot give the first price. Have them give the first price. Have your negotiating framework in place. Do your pre-work. Spend some time on rapport, but not a whole ton of time, and get to the contract, guys. We're there to buy a house. We're not there to be your friend. We're there to be fair, but we're not there to supplicate. We have to understand that. Hope you guys have a good day. Happy investing. Appreciate you listening to Investor Creator.